This is Optimal Startup Daily, episode 139, Don't Learn to Code, by Ryan Hoover of ryanhoover.me. And I'm Dan, and welcome to Optimal Startup Daily, where I read to you every single day, that's seven days a week, from some of the best blogs on entrepreneurship. And a big thanks to Email Octopus, founded in 2014. They give you the tools that you need for email marketing, including customizable signup forms, autoresponders, and list segmentation with great customer support whenever you need it from real humans. Right now, Email Octopus is offering Optimal Startup Daily listeners 50% off of their first month. So visit emailoctopus.com OSD or you can quote code OSD50 at signup. For 50% off of your first month of email marketing, visit emailoctopus.com OSD or quote code OSD50 at signup. And now let's get right to today's post as we optimize your life. Don't Learn to Code by Ryan Hoover of ryanhoover.me. So what are you gonna do? My friend asked. Not sure. I'm exploring opportunities and investing in myself. I replied. Have you thought about joining a dev bootcamp to learn to code? Since I announced I was leaving my product role at a successful startup, several friends and followers asked me this question. I considered joining a dev bootcamp. Yes, I would like to be more technical. Yes, it would be great if I could create my own ROR app. Yes, I might gain more respect from engineers if I could better speak their language. But as with any decision in life and in startups, there's an opportunity cost. Learning to code would be valuable, but is it the most valuable use of my time? I don't think so. And this is probably true for many others that join the coding bandwagon. They too would be better off investing elsewhere. The hype. There's never been a better time to learn to code. It's more accessible than ever thanks to the open source movement, free resources, development frameworks, engineering boot camps, and the helpful, generous coding community. It's more lucrative than ever. It seems every tech company is hiring engineers, many of which gladly offer six-figure salaries for entry-level coders. It's more glorified than ever as legendary investors like Paul Graham and films like The Social Network celebrate geeks. As a result, everyone is learning to code. But should they? Of course, companies rely on more than just ones and zeros. Technology by itself isn't enough. Much more is involved in crafting a successful product and business. Software may be eating the world, but that doesn't mean technical talent is the sole driving force. Flour without yeast makes a baguette. The two primary ingredients of a baguette are flour and yeast. Combining the two converts the fermentable sugars present in the dough into carbon dioxide and ethanol, turning the sticky, flat substance into a plump, airy treat. Without yeast, the dough will not rise. Startups are no different. Most teams have flour. They're technically savvy and know how to GSD. But what's often missing is the yeast, the non-technical ingredient to grow their business. Products are built with technology, but companies need traction, the metaphorical yeast, to rise. Great products fail. Metaphors aside, let's take a look at the recent unfortunate downfall of Everpix. As described in a postmortem, the photo storing service was beautiful, awarded with over 500 reviews averaging 4.5 stars in the US App Store. Its users loved the free service so much that an impressive 12.4% of them paid for premium upgrades, but it failed. Quote, while the team obsessed about perfecting the service, the founders paid less attention to the subject investors care about most, growth, end quote. 
Everpix built a good product, averaging 55,000 users over the course of two years, but its modest traction didn't reach the scale needed for continued VC backing. After burning through its cash reserves, the team was unable to raise another round to keep the lights on. Although armed with the technical talent to build a solid product, the team lacked growth focus. Andrew Chen further described Everpix's situation, commenting on the importance of traction talent. Quote, The problem with hyper-product-oriented entrepreneurs is that they often have one tool in their pocket, making a great product. That's both admirable and dangerous. Once the initial product is working, the team has to quickly transition into marketing and user growth, which requires a different set of skills. It has to be more about metrics rather than product design, running experiments, optimizing sign-up flows, arbitraging LTVs and CACs, etc., An entrepreneur that's too product-oriented will just continue polishing features or possibly introducing big new ideas that ultimately screw the product up or keep doing the same thing unaware of the milestone cliff in front of them. Scary. End quote. I just want to code. It's not that technical people don't recognize the importance of traction. Most do, but coders want to code. That's why they got into startups. I recently spoke with a technical solo founder. He described the challenges growing his social product. Quote, I built the product in just a few weeks. It wasn't hard, but getting users is tough. It's been four months and I haven't figured it out yet. I don't enjoy marketing. I just want to code. End quote. I hear this often. Coders tend to gravitate toward their craft because it's what they enjoy doing. That's what fuels late night commits and bug squashing. The passion to code often pulls them away from doing the important shitty work the essential things they don't want to do. Paul Graham describes this common mistake. Quote, most programmers wish they could start a startup by just writing some brilliant code, pushing it to a server, and having users pay them lots of money. They'd prefer not to deal with tedious problems or get involved in messy ways with the real world. End quote. We want to work on our craft, the things we love and are good at, at the cost of ignoring more important things. We fool ourselves into thinking we're making progress with each code commit. In reality, we're spinning. It's fake progress. Of course, this isn't a characteristic of just technical folks. We all succumb to this, myself included. Technology startups versus tech-enabled startups. Technology startup is often a misnomer. Many startups might be better described as technology-enabled. Several of today's most prominent startups, like Airbnb, Groupon, Birchbox, and Fab, reach their consumers through the web or mobile apps, but innovate in business and logistics more so than technology. For these startups and many others, traction risk, ability to acquire and retain users, far outweighs technical risks, especially early on. Traction talent that can meaningfully contribute to the former are in high demand as much as a coveted engineer. Traction is talent underserved. Technology risk has been heavily de-risked because of the technical community. They got their together. But you can't build a successful tech company without technology and traction. Most of today's startups don't fail because they can't build the product, they fail because they can't get traction for their product. Founders continue to trust in the build it and they will come fallacy, launching with little thought in go-to-market strategy. They ignore the importance of sales, data-driven iterative design, and distribution. These are non-technical responsibilities. If it's the technical community's responsibility to build the product and the non-technical community's responsibility to get traction, why aren't more people in the latter investing in their craft to solve startups' biggest weakness? Don't take my advice. I'm in no position to judge other people's decisions. I don't know your background, context, or motivations. 
Joining a dev bootcamp to improve your technical skills may be the best thing for you, or it might not. Before jumping on the coding bandwagon, ask yourself, one, what do I want to do? Two, what am I good at? Three, what does my company need? If coding fits all three checkboxes, do it. If not, reconsider where you invest your time. So what are you going to do? Back to my friend's question. As you might've guessed, I'm not joining a dev bootcamp. I'm incredibly excited to be working with the team at Tradecraft, a San Francisco-based incubator for traction talent, teaching kick people the art of UX, growth, and sales BD with top Silicon Valley practitioners and startups. Tradecraft is a fantastic opportunity to work with bright people to hone my traction skills and become a better marketer, leader, and product person. And teaching is one of the best ways to learn. You just listened to the post titled Don't Learn to Code by Ryan Hoover of ryanhoover.me. Now, if you're a startup owner, this is for you. Running a business is just plain hard. You've got endless to-do lists, employees to take care of, and of course, your ever-present bottom line. So first of all, kudos to you for staying on top of it. But I wanna tell you about Gusto. Gusto built an easier and more affordable way to manage payroll, benefits, and more. They help over 100,000 businesses with tasks like automated payroll tax filing, simple direct deposits, free health insurance administration, 401ks, onboarding tools. Well, you name it, Gusto made it easy. 94% of customers say Gusto streamlines payroll and benefits. And I know they do that for us here on the Optimal Living Daily team because we use Gusto for both payroll and benefits. They really care about the small business owners they work with. Their support team is attentive and helpful And since money can be tight right now, you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash OSD and start setting up your business today. You'll see what I mean when I say easy. Again, that's three months of free payroll at gusto.com slash OSD. G-U-S-T-O dot com slash OSD. And thank you to Ryan. He helped write the book Hooked by Near Ayal, and uh, I actually narrated Near for you yesterday. Ryan is the founder of Product Hunt, but also an investor at Weekend Fund. The website is weekend.fund. And over there, he and his partner write checks from $75,000 to $200,000 for early stage startups around the world and across consumer and business-to-business products and services. They help founders with product, community building, and more. So if you're building something ambitious, they're the guys to talk to. Again, you can check that out at weekend.fund, F-U-N-D. And Ryan is actually featured across a couple of our shows. So if you like his style, and if you like this idea of blogs being narrated to you for free, check out those other shows of ours by searching for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this. But I think that does it for today. I thank you for being a subscriber to our show. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.